Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast, where we help young Michigan families manage their finances and create wealth. I'm your host, Connor Bowserman, financial advisor with Preferred Financial Group. Welcome to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about saving for college, not necessarily college planning. That will be some further episodes down the road. But this one is going to be about saving for college. And most of you know, I did go to college. I went to Olivet College, which for anybody who doesn't know me personally or doesn't know Olivet College, it's a small liberal arts school about 20 minutes south of of Lansing. And there's not a ton of different programs that you could have gone through. And the one that's most known at Olivet College is the insurance program, which is the one I went through. But that's just besides the fact But the big thing is, and everybody knows, is college is expensive. And whether you believe that college is worth it or if it's just a Ponzi scheme or a scam, that's a completely different discussion. But one thing that we can all agree on is that college is important. And it's it's important for certain people and for certain occupations. And it's it's not really going to go away. I think over the next couple decades, college is going to dramatically change. Uh, whether that's just because of the workforce or because of people's mentality behind college or just the overall cost, it's unsustainable. There's a bunch of different things that we could go into on that. But we do know that college is expensive and it's something that we need to plan for. And in my opinion, obviously when you get out of school, retirement should be one of your first things that you should check off the list or your financial list. Maybe next is potentially buying a house if it's right for you uh, in your point in your life. And then after you've kind of hit those different milestones, once you have kids, then it makes sense to start saving for for some sort of college. Now, it's a really common, especially now with the cost of college, that saving for a full four-year degree, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but to do it for multiple kids, it's very, very hard. And it takes a substantial amount of money because you're talking about a smaller amount of years to invest which in the overall financial markets, it's, it's easier to see what the markets will do over a maybe a longer period of time, but something like a decade or shorter, it's much harder to plan when it comes to the financial markets. So from one decade to another, it could be substantially different interest rates. And to kind of make it more simple, I'll use the rule of 72. And I know Pat talked about this in one of our retirement podcast episodes. And the rule of 72 is basically you take 72 divided by whatever interest rate and that equals how many years it takes for an account to double. So let's say you put in $5,000 for your kid for for college and you got 10% rate of return. Well, that means it takes 7.2 years for that money to then double. Well, if you got the 10% and you started seven years before, well, that five turned into 10. But let's say you started really early and you got 14 years, so you started about when your kid was three or four, and you were able to turn that 5,000 into 10,000 and 10,000 into 20. Well, everybody knows right now 20,000 isn't going to get you all the way through four years worth of, of, of a bachelor's. It can definitely put a substantial dent in it, especially if you went the community college to you know your four-year school after that, but that's not necessarily going to pay for everything. I say that because I don't want it to be a damper and and to like push you down and say, hey, you can't save for your kid's college. No, that's not it at all. 
I just want it to be realistic. I don't want it to be where, hey, you put in, you know, 200 bucks every other month and all of a sudden you've paid for your kid's college. It's it's not that easy. Something like retirement, maybe it doesn't take a substantial amount, especially if you're putting in money over a long period of time and that money can really compound, like using that rule of 72, then yeah, you don't maybe have to put in as much money because you have way more years on that calculation. But because when you're saving for your kid's college, it, at the very uh, maximum, you have like 18 years. Well, that doesn't always equal a great amount of time for that money to, to really accumulate. But I do think it's really important to put money away for college because uh, it allows that allows your child or grandkids the ability to not only get out and have a degree that can help put them in a higher income earning bracket, you know, quote unquote, that's expected. But you can potentially allow them to not be in debt because of that investment that they chose to have in their life. And that's really the big thing because it, it's, it puts you one step closer to your financial goals and financial wealth if you can come out debt free. I was lucky enough to not have any student loan debt you know, upon graduation. Now, a lot of that was some really hard work. I did. Uh, I was an RA. I did some scholarships and I got lucky with some scholarships and I continued to apply for them even after I started school, which is something that I would recommend all college kids to start doing and to continue to do. But because I wasn't in debt, it allowed me to pursue buying a house really early. I was just shy a couple of five days before buying my first house when I was 22. So I was actually 23 when I bought it, but I was just five days short of, of buying it when I was 22. Not many people can say that. And I'm not just patting myself on the shoulder because, you know, I think it's super cool. No, I think it's something that I want other people to be able to do. I want other people to have that goal and be, have the ability to do that if it financially makes sense for them, uh, whether that's the career or uh, where they're at in their, in their life. But because I did that, I was able to get a lot more equity because I got in at a good, great time in the financial markets. And financially, it, it really helped me, especially when I was going from my first house to my second house. But the biggest thing is it allowed me to take a risk and if I had gotten out of college and I was in a ton of debt and needed to pay back these loans almost right away, I wouldn't have probably been able to buy the house. I would have either had to stay home, I would have had to have rented. I wouldn't have been able to take that risk that I was able to take. And I'm super fortunate and I, I know a lot of my friends and, and family and stuff like that aren't able to do that. So I encourage you when you're thinking about saving for your kids college is not to just think about college. Think about them being debt free at 22 and where that could put them whether they decided to go to a vocational school whether they went to a secondary school or if they just decided to work for a number of years making sure that you're investing in them and allowing them to have that clean slate to allow them to put themselves in a better position at a very young age so let's kind of get into some different ways that you can put money away for college and kind of one that i would just kind of mention i won't go into it a bunch because it's really not used much at all anymore. And this was kind of more of the old school way of doing it, but what's called a Coverdell. It's basically an education savings account, also known as an education IRA. And it's a little outdated just because there are income limits when it comes to this type of an account and there's contribution limits. So 
both of those things together usually just allow you to just not want to even talk about it. And it's very similar to what's called the 529, which is what more people are familiar about when it comes to college savings accounts. But I do mention that just in case you do come across that and it makes sense for you. But one key difference between the Coverdell between the 529 is that you have to distribute the money before age 30, which for the 529, that is not the rule. So beyond the Coverdell, the other one, especially for my Michigan people who this podcast is tailored to, is the MESP, which is the Michigan Education Savings Plan. So this is Michigan's direct 529 plan. You basically can go on their website and you can set everything up on your own through that program. And it's the most popular 529 plan because it allows you to get a tax deduction on your state taxes up to $5,000 for a single person or $10,000 if you are married filing jointly. So let me take a step back a minute because I feel like I got a little ahead of myself because I am a financial advisor. So these things just, I kind of forget some of the nuances of these savings accounts, but it is very similar to like retirement accounts you put the money in, you do not pay taxes on it while it's growing, which is a huge benefit. And then as long as the money is pulled out to be used for educational expenses, that's when you don't have to pay taxes. And you can pull that money out as long as it's being used for like tuition, room and board, books, computers, or other college fees. And that kind of just depends on, on the college and the institution. But for most, for the most part, as long as it's being used for school, it's, it's tax-free as long as it's being pulled out for that reason. Now, if you're not really into doing your own financial accounts or this is just something that you don't feel like you have time for or don't want to mess up there is what's called the michigan 529 advisor plan and it's exactly like the mesp but you have the option to to work with an advisor like myself so you can kind of get some extra advice along with some college planning and then we're obviously able to be compensated to be able to help you but if you do do the mesp you're kind of cutting us out no big deal. I want you guys to be able to do this and, and help yourself and help your kids. But if you feel like it's something that's a little bit hard for you, know that there's another plan that we can use that you can still get the tax deduction, even though you're using an advisor. Be aware that you can open other 529 accounts. Like for an example, you can go to like a mutual fund company and open up a 529 account. That's great and dandy, but you're probably not going to get the state deduction because you're not using the state-sponsored program, which is the MESP. So just know that you can go online and kind of create your own 529, and it will still work in similar ways. You'll be able to put the money in, grow tax-deferred, and then you can pull the money out tax-free as long as it's used for educational expenses. But you will not get the state deduction if you're not using the MESP. So I did want to just clarify and make sure that you know that. Another program that's run through the state is called the MET, and it basically just allows you to prepay your tuition credits. And this would be something that I would probably recommend if you are within five years or so of your kid going to college. I wouldn't worry about trying to get returns in the market. I would just prepay the tuition costs. You're not really going to get a huge savings over five years. I mean, each year college does inflate, but... I would encourage you just to start paying down the cost just because, again, you don't want to take the risk in the market where you put in a certain amount of money and like 2022, the market went down and your kid lost money. It's our goal, obviously, as a financial advisor to make sure that your 
So when her daughter is not losing money when it comes to the 529 accounts. And as they get closer to college, we want to be as more conservative as possible. But 2022, like I was saying, it was kind of just an odd year. It was a year that whether you were in the equities or in fixed income, you lost money. Just the, based off of the interest rates and then the financial markets and the stock market going down. So that's where I would look at the MET program and, and just paying and prepaying the tuition costs. Another one, and this has in the past been one of my favorites, especially if you weren't utilizing the Roth IRA before, is to start utilizing it for your kids. And very similar, you can put money in. You are capped at how much you can put in per year, which is a little bit different than like the 529 account. But the money does grow tax deferred, just like the 529. And because you're pulling it out, you do get some tax benefits by doing it that way. And what's great about the Roth over the 529 is that if your kid doesn't go to school or go to college or some vocational program, you can kind of use that money as at your will. Now, you do have to be aware of some of the tax implications of the Roth, whether you're pulling at that money before age 59 or you're making sure that you're following within some of those tax ramifications. But usually one loophole is that any money that you put in to the Roth IRA, so any of the contributions that you put in, you can pull that money out as long as it's been in there for at least five years. So any of the basis that you put in, so like for example, you put in $5,000 into the Roth IRA and it grew to $15,000. As long as it's been open for five years, you can pull out that $5,000. You will not be penalized for that and you do not have to pay taxes. So this is a great one for people who are kind of worried if their kid doesn't go to school and maybe they're on a good path or not. It just they're just worried about that, they can still put away money for their kid and then they can give that money to them for whatever reason, help them with a down payment of a house, get married, honeymoon, whatever you want to use that money for. But then any of the gains is in your own account and you can use that for whatever reason you want. Hopefully retirement's one of the extras. Now the Roth IRA is one of my favorites and I still depending on the client, we'll recommend that. But at the beginning of 2023, so this year, they put in the Secure Act 2.0 that as long as a 529 account has been open for 15 years, remember 15 years, you can convert that account over to a Roth IRA for your son or daughter or grandchild. So that could really help put them on a great path for retirement. If they chose not to go to college or to some kind of educational program. So that kind of puts some parents at ease. Like, hey, if my kid doesn't go, this money isn't, I'm not getting penalized on that money. If I pulled it out for non-educational expenses, that I can still give this money to my kids and it, it works out for them for, in their benefit. One thing I want to add is the Roth is really good for grandparents. And I say this because... Again, if you're not already utilizing it, you can put this money away as long as it's been in there for five years. You don't pay taxes on it. And, as, and usually by the time your grandchild is at the point of graduation or to the point where they're going into to college, most likely you are at least 59 and a half. And so you don't have to worry about if you pulled the money out for 
education expenses or whatever, you're free to be able to use that money for, for literally anything for your grandchild. And I've do this with some of my clients, especially as if they are, again, older and are looking to put some money away for a grandkid. And again, too, what's awesome about the 529, I didn't really get into this much with some of the other accounts, but it's not on your grandchild's FAFSA and financial assets of the family. Eventually it will, if you do give that money to them uh, for educational expenses, but when they initially apply for FAFSA, it is not included. I don't want to get too much into FAFSA just because it is very complex and I'll have somebody who's more specialized in that than I am on the podcast here uh, very soon. But I just wanted to mention that with the Roth for the grandparents and if that makes sense for them. And then one last way that you can just save for your kids would be just putting money in the bank whether that's just a CD, a money market, some high-yield savings account at your bank or credit union, this would be a great way, especially if you don't know if your kid or your grandkids are going to go to college or some other education. And if they're within a certain time period, I would say that five years, then not putting it into the financial markets and being very secure and, and finding some kind of a fixed income type asset to be able to invest that money in. Now, be aware, because it's not in a 529 or Roth or something like that, you will have to continue to pay taxes on that as it grows. But if it's in something like a CD or something like that, the taxes are going to be pretty minimal on on the growth. Now, if you're worried about what type of investment vehicle and what you should be investing in and if it should be a 529 or, or maybe you have no idea, obviously you can always reach out to myself. and and ask questions, but anything is better than nothing. I can't tell you enough, as somebody who's graduated with with no debt, what that was able to allow me to do and how thankful I am for that. And something in in my personal life, my grandparents were able to, to gift every one of the grandkids some money, college expenses, and my mom was really smart, and she didn't tell me about it until my junior year of college. And at that point, I've been working really hard to be able to pay for school. And so I really didn't even need to use the money. And I was able to use that money to to put as a down payment on my first house. I encourage people, regardless of how they're investing it, to just put money away for their kids or their grandkids. Again, if you need some help on that and you maybe want to find some better ways to put that money away, obviously that's something that, that I can help with. But again, something is better than nothing. So a little recap. Again, you have the Coverdell, which is kind of the old school way of doing things. You kind of have an income limit and a contribution limit. But it works just like a 529 account, except for some minor differences. There's the MESP, which is the Michigan Education Savings Plan, which is the sponsored plan through the state of Michigan. You can go onto their website and create an account there. And... Again, a 529, you can put money in, which is after-tax money, but you can get a state income tax deduction. That money grows tax-deferred, so it doesn't you don't pay tax on it while it grows. And then as long as you pull that money out for educational expenses, you do not pay taxes on that money. Now, if your child doesn't decide to go to college and you just want to use it for whatever, then yes, you do pay a 10% penalty. They also have a 
Michigan 529 plan that you can have an advisor for. You can look at maybe a Roth IRA or just something simple as putting money into a bank. If you're interested in figuring out which one's best for you, obviously reach out. I would love to talk to you. Our number here at the office is 269-978-6000. All right, that'll be it for today. See you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Wealthy Homes Podcast. Be sure to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Connor Bowsman or Preferred Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of Connor Bowserman or other qualified financial advisors with any questions you may have regarding this episode. Connor Bowserman is a licensed financial advisor and any of the investment advisory services offered are through Harbor Investments, member SPIC. Products and services provided are not NCUA insured, have no credit union guarantee, and may lose value. Consumers Professional Credit Union and Marshall Community Credit Union and Harbor Investments are separate and independent companies, and credit unions are not providing security services. Just an added disclosure for this podcast, state tax laws and treatment may vary. Earnings on non-qualified distributions may be subject to income tax and a 10% federal penalty tax. Please consult your financial advisor or tax advisor for more information.